I'm a member of that blood-washed band, and that's where my hope for the future lies and the promises of God, a loving, good God that cares for us, loves us, and that Jesus died to save us. Amen? Amen. I want you to turn your Bibles with me, please, tonight to 2 Kings, 2 Kings chapter 4, 2 Kings chapter 4. Okay. I want to read to you some portions of Scripture here tonight about a story about a Bible college student and uh, some other students and the president of a Bible college. You didn't know that was in the Old Testament, did you? But it's all there. This is what it says in 2 Kings chapter 4. Now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets. Now the sons of the prophets were Bible college students. They were students for the ministry. Wherever the prophet went, usually they would go with him and they would learn what the prophet was and what he said and what he did. They would learn that and then they would carry it out sometime in their lifetime. It was kind of a It was almost like private tutoring. But uh, sometimes it was a lot of students, so they had a regular college. Now, uh, I've been a a student of three Bible colleges. And uh, the Akron Baptist Temple Bible College and the Akron Bible Institute and the Baptist Bible College in Springfield, Missouri. So I know a little bit about Bible college. John Marshall and I were uh, in the same college at the same time. And we're probably in some classes together. I don't remember that, John, if we were. But uh, he and I were Bible college students. And he and I got 100% on every examination. Amen? I got 40% and he got 60%. Amen? But uh, we remember those Bible college days. I mean, it's pretty tough to be a college student. Let me tell you that right now. Unless you have somebody paying your bills, and John and I didn't have. But uh, we were very poor. We didn't have anything, hardly enough to buy a 15-cent hamburger. That's what they cost in Springfield. You remember them 15-cent hamburgers? I don't know what it was made out. It was probably uh, some kind of a pet. I don't know what it was, but it was uh, supposed to be a hamburger, you know. And uh, I, uh, I do, uh, I do remember, uh, I do remember uh, 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 eating some places where it really wasn't the tidiest place in the world. You know what I mean? Uh, somebody said we went out to a Chinese restaurant, and after we got through eating, they gave us fortune cookies, and mine said, <laughs> "Congratulations, you just ate our cat." No, no, no. <laughs> It didn't say that. Now, I shouldn't tell you that. But uh, (laughs) that's the kind of places we had to eat. And we were poor. I mean, it was very, we were very poor. Poor students in more ways than one. You know what I mean? But uh, I remember those days. And it was tough. One, One old boy said, you know, living in this dormitory will help me preach on hell the rest of my life. (laughs) But uh, living in the dorm was tough. I mean, it was rough, tough stuff. 
But it was a good experience, you know. You get to know human nature by going to Bible college. And here is a wife of one of the Bible college students. And she comes to the prophet, and his name is Elisha. And that's what it says here. And one of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha saying. Now, she went to the leader of the Bible college, Elisha. Now, Elisha is not to be cons- uh, uh, confused with Elijah. Their names are a whole lot alike, but their personalities were entirely different. Elijah was that big barrel-chested, two-fisted guy that was saying, lob their heads off, you know. But not Elisha. Elisha actually did more miracles than Elijah. But uh, it seemed to be that everything that Elisha did was kind of on the upward swing toward helping people and solving problems. I like that, don't you? I like this guy, Elisha. If you want to make a good study in the Bible about a character, uh, study the life of Elisha. And she came to Elisha and she said to him in uh, verse number 1, Thy servant, my husband, is dead. Now she was married to a Bible college student, one of the sons of the prophets, and she comes to Elisha and she says, My husband's dead. Well, that would be a terrible pronunciation, would it not, for her to have to make. And thou knowest that thy servant, that's her husband, did fear the Lord, and the creditor is come to take unto him my sons to be bondmen. Now, this, uh, this Bible college student was poor like all the rest of us, and he really didn't have enough money to pay his bills. So he borrowed some money. You know, it's, I tell you, it's almost a mistake to get into this business of borrowing money. I mean, you can, you can over-borrow, right? I would rather loan people money as I would to borrow money. And uh, he was a borrower because he was trying to get through this college education, trying to get his... Uh, uh, time to get his so-called diploma. And he borrowed some money. And then in the process of going to college, something happened to him and he died. I don't know what happened. The Bible doesn't say what happened. Maybe it was the Bible college uh, food in the cafeteria that killed him. I don't know. <laughs> Sometimes we go down to the cafeteria and eat that food and... <laughs> It wasn't the best food in the world. And I can tell you some horror stories about that because I worked in the cafeteria. And I remember the behind the scenes stuff, getting that food ready for the students. But uh, something killed him and he died. And she says, now, uh, we owed some money and the people we owed money to is coming to take my son's as slaves, as bondmen, to pay this debt. That was a, it was something that uh, they were ha- in the habit of doing those days. And usually the children had to have some part in paying their parents' debts. And uh, the only way that uh, they could possibly pay was for them to become actually bondmen or slaves 
uh, to the man they owed money to to pay the debt. Well, she didn't want that, of course. And uh, it would have been a terrible thing for the mother to see her boys carted off as bondmen or kind of like slaves uh, to uh, work, uh, probably overly worked uh, in, uh, in somebody else's field or somebody else's uh, uh, business. And Elisha said unto her, What shall I do for thee? And this president of the Bible college said, Well, what can I do about it? Right? That would sound like uh, one of our Bible college presidents. Uh, what in the world can I do about your debts? You know, I didn't make them. What can I do about it? Uh, tell me, what hast thou in thy house? And she said, Thine handmaid hath not anything in the house save a pot of oil. And he said, Go, borrow thee vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, every, uh, every empty vessel, borrow not a few. And when thou hast come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons, and shall pour out unto all these vessels that thou shalt set aside that which is full. And she went from him and shut the door upon her and upon her sons who brought the vessels to her and she poured out. And it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said unto her sons, Bring me yet a vessel. And he said unto her, There is not a vessel more. And the oil stayed. The oil never stopped supplying, repeating, repeatedly supplying itself. Then she came and told the man of God, that's that Elisha. And he said, Go sell the oil and pay thy debt, and live thou and thy children on the rest. This is a beautiful story, I think. And... Uh, I, I just there's just so many real good lessons here in this whole portion of scripture. As I said, it's a Bible college student, and uh, uh, his wife, his widow, and uh, and their children involved in this whole story. Well, now I want to say that uh, at the beginning of this, that uh, the lessons that are taught here can actually be applied to all of us here tonight. Not just to the students in that uh, seminary that, uh, where they were studying in the Old Testament here, but our lives as well. And one of the lessons we should learn tonight is this. Though it doesn't seem like it sometimes, God is in control of everything. Though it doesn't seem like it's possible sometimes uh, in, the, in this fix that we're in or the situation that we're in, God in heaven is in control of everything. I mean, who is he? Well, he's God. And God can do anything. God is everything he wants to be. And uh, everything beyond our fondest dream or imagination is our great and eternal God. Here she is with uh, a situation that seems to be totally impossible or unworkable. And she uh, 
She comes to the man of God and the lesson she needed to learn is that God is in control of everything. And the first thing she had to do was get God's attention toward her need. God has set it up that way. And in the Bible, oftentimes, you'll find where the Bible says, Ask and you shall receive. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. Seek and you shall find. And the opposite is true. If you don't knock, it's not going to be open. If you don't seek, you're not going to find. And, uh, and that's very definitely taught in this portion of Scripture. She went to the man of God. She went to the right place. She went to the right source. She went to God through the man of God. And God is able. In fact, the Bible says this in Psalms 34, verse 15. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous, and His ears are open to their cry. God promises that. Exodus chapter 3, verse 7 and 8. I have surely seen the affliction of my people and have heard their cry and am come down to deliver them. God says that to Moses. You know, uh, God is interested in us. God has a special interest in us. You know, if, if you don't remember anything about my sermon here tonight, I want you to remember that God is love. God loves us. God cares for us. God is not uh, an unkind, vicious, uh, vengeance-seeking God. He's a good God. He's he's good all the time. Amen? Amen. And she needed to learn that. And we need to learn that. We need to learn that if we'll call upon the name of the Lord, the Bible says, for, who shall call, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. God is a wonderful, good God. And it's a, it's a marvelous thing what God will do to those that by faith seek Him and love Him and call upon Him. God is a good God of love. And we're thankful indeed for all of that. God answers prayer. And if you call upon him, he said, I will hear, I will answer thee. I remember one time down in Florida when uh, the Marshalls and the Claytons were together in a meeting in Bradenton. And uh, John and I and the pastor of the church were talking about our needs. There There was a church in some land up here on Long Island that I was praying for that uh, we could get into the right hands. And uh, it was very important, I thought. In fact, the matter is, every one of the buildings around that uh, we could possibly get as a church and uh, turn it into uh, a gospel preaching church, I think it's of utmost importance. And uh, that, that, that building and all that property was paid for, and I thought it was really important to us. John needed a new bus. And uh, the church there in Bradenton needed to start building a new building. So I said to him one day, and I think I can tell the story right. If I don't, maybe John can tell it right. But I think I said one day, Let, let's get together. Let's three get together and pray. Amen, and so we got together and we prayed. And we sought the Lord, called upon the Lord to give us our needs. And sure enough, I mean, uh, God did some wonderful things. John uh, was able to get his bus because of... Uh, 
of a lot of people that were interested in the Marshall family and helping them. And it was a miracle that, uh, that he got the bus. I was able to, to go out and preach and, uh, and, and direct the church in a different way. And, and uh, that preacher went out and said, on the, on the basis of this prayer and, uh, and my needs, I'm going to start digging. And he started digging out there. And a man came up and said, what are you doing, Pastor? He said, well, I'm trying to dig some around here and we're going to try to build a new building. And he said, well, I haven't given very much uh, money to the church, so here's a check for $100,000. And I think he ended up giving another check for $100,000. We, we've seen this in the history of this church uh, where God laid it upon people's hearts to give in a miraculous way so that this building could be here. And I mean, God is able to do that. And we mustn't ever forget, never ever forget, that God is in control of everything. He manages everything. Sometimes it looks like that things are going awry, and sometimes we say, well, why is this happening here, and why is it happening there? But God's in control. And God's going to end up getting His will out of all the mess the world is in. And if you don't believe it, you then read the last chapter of the book of Revelation. Ultimately, the Bible says, He said, I will make all things new. That's the kind of good God that we have tonight. Thank God for that. Amen? Amen. God is in control of everything. He, he operates, He controls it all. And I'm thankful for that. And she needed to learn that. And we need to learn that. That, uh, that God is all-powerful. In fact, the Bible says this in Psalm or in uh, Isaiah 54, verse 7. No weapon formed against you can, can prosper. God's people have, uh, have a, a spatial supernatural power. And it's over Satan and over the other world of wickedness. And uh, we, 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 have, we have the strength and power from God. The fear of the Lord is strong confidence and his children shall have a place of refuge. The Lord's that way. I mean, we need to learn that. She needed to learn that. Another thing is she needed to learn, though it doesn't figure out just the way you want it to figure out, little as much when God is in it. That's another lesson we can learn here. Little as much when God is in it. And, uh, Brother Horton was preaching on this tonight about our position and service to God, though sometimes it would seem like it is little and small and insignificant. Whenever God is in it, it's much. It was just a, it just a cruise of oil. She could not have sold that oil and paid the debts of her husband, her former, her, her dead husband. But, uh, you know, when God is in something... His system is a system of multiplication and addition. Amen? It's never division nor subtraction. It's, it's multiplication and addition. God says, I'll multiply your blessings. God says, I'll add to your blessing. That's the system that God has. Little as much when God is in it. We see that happen repeatedly in the lives of some people in the Bible, you remember, you remember the blind man along the road to Jericho? 
They cried out, Thou Jesus, thou Son of God, have mercy on me. And the Bible says that Jesus stopped in his progress of going down that road for the cry of a blind man. And when he cried that out, everybody with the Lord said, be quiet. Don't you bother. This is a, this is a parade. This is a, a, a parade in progress. And we're going down the road. We're, we're, we're headed somewhere. And we don't want you to bother us because uh, we're, we're, we've got the Lord's business to do here. And the Bible says Jesus stopped when he heard the cry of the blind man. The Bible says that God heard him and gave him a sight. And he, he became seeing as, uh, as others could see. Why? Because he called out upon the Lord. I like the fact that this girl, this woman is crying out for help. You know, we, we all of us have to cry out for help at certain times. To our fellow friends, to our family members, wherever we might be, we all at certain times have to have somebody to help us along the way. And she cried out to God. To the man of God. And God heard her prayer. Little as much when God is in it. How often times I've seen God take a little bit and amplify it and make it great. Oftentimes we've seen God in his mercy extending great things to a world uh, of lost sinners by sometimes just the faith of just one little person. That, uh, that cries out. Wow. You know, it's so easy for us to get in this business of worrying. Amen. Did you ever see a worry, worrier worry about worrying? If you don't watch out, it'll worry you. Amen. It's easy for us to get worried and get all upset about the problems that come along. But there's a solution. In the life of God's people, there is a solution. You know, I'm just thinking here tonight, we'll really pray for Brother Horton. He's going to have to change his medicine and he may, may not be able to drive for some time now. And he needs to be able to drive to get to his meetings. We need to pray for him. Pray God to heal him. And God will give him a lot of years. He's only 80 years old. Amen. That's not very old. And uh, maybe, you know, I, have, I had uh, one of my brothers who lived to be 96. And uh, really, he had uh, pretty good strength right up as long as he lived. I mean, it would be nice for Brother Horton to be able to live till he's 96 and have strength enough to go on and preach. Amen. Go to pray for him. It would take a miracle. But God is in the miracle-working business. That's what I'm talking about here tonight. Here's a woman that needed help. It was a legitimate request. It was a legitimate need. And the prophet saw it. And God saw it. And it caused the oil in the vessel to keep building up again and again and again. And what she do? She filled all these vessels full of oil. And uh, she had told her boys now, that the man of God had told her, you go out and borrow all the vessels you can borrow. And they went out and borrowed all these vessels. And you know what? God did not limit that. If there had been more vessels to borrow, she could have borrowed them. God didn't tell her, you can only borrow five or ten or a hundred. It was unlimited. You know, God's power is unlimited. 
God's strength is unlimited. And God never limits us. How often in the Bible, you remember in Luke chapter 5 where uh, they, were, uh, they were fishing and Jesus uh, told them to go out and let down their nets for a draft of fishes. And uh, Simon Peter said uh, to, to let down one net. He, uh, he did not have the faith to rely upon God's command. And here God doesn't limit them. You know, there's no limit in the blessings of God and His power to save, to bless, to heal, to minister to us. He never limits it. But uh, they limited because they just had a certain amount of, of uh, vessels. But the Bible says the oil stayed. See, uh, The oil never ran out. Why? Because though we don't realize it, oftentimes God is not limited. No matter what it is, God is not limited. You have a prayer, you have a request to God. Let me tell you today, my friend, that God is not limited to answer that prayer and to to give you your needs. Oftentimes we limit him by the lack of faith and trust and belief in the Lord Jesus Christ. We need his strength. We need his help. We need his comfort. We need his guidance. And all those things are given to us unlimited through Jesus Christ, our Lord. What a wonderful thing that is. Amen? I was just thinking when I walked up here tonight and heard... uh, Brother and Sister Marshall sang that song. I'm glad I'm on the winning side, aren't you? I'm glad that I know the Lord. I'm glad that I have this wonderful promise that I've been bought by the blood of Jesus Christ. And I'll tell you something. When I stand before God, there's only one plea I can make before His throne to get into heaven. And as I'm here because of the blood of your Son. I heard a story one time about this this uh, hillbilly boy that had graduated from high school and he was kind of on his own and he uh, wanted to get in some kind of orneriness and meanness. So he said he had a 38 Ford Coupe. Now that's a, that's a special little car, a 38 Ford Coupe. And he said it was painted red. And he said he drove it to the next town, and he said the next town where near his town was, uh, they were in competition on all the sports, and uh, they, they, neither town liked one another. And he said, I wanted to get into some meanness and some trouble, so he said, I didn't want to do it in my hometown where everybody knows me, so he said, I went to the neighboring town. And he said, I went up there, and he said, I went to a bar, and he said, we got in a big fight, and he said, we tore that bar up. Said, I picked up a chair and threw it right through the mirror <laughs> behind the bar, bash. And he said, the glass flew everywhere, you can imagine. And he said, they called the police. The police came in and, and got the parties in fight separated and hauled him off to jail. He said, there I was in jail in a town that didn't like anybody from my town. And he said, I knew I was in trouble. So he said, uh, I kept studying and watching and 
the newspaper and everything. He said, I found out the name of the judge that was going to try me in the trial. And he said, I got the telephone book. And he said, I got to looking. And he said, I found a lawyer in that town with the same last name. (laughs) Judge's son. And it just happened to be that his judge's son had just graduated from law school. And of course the judge wanted his son to be successful. And the trial came up and he said, that lawyer, he said, he got me off real easy because he was the judge's son. Amen. Well, some of these days I'm going to stand before God. Amen. And I'm going to, I mean, I'm going to stand up before the Lord. But you know what? The judge, God that is, the judge has a son. And his son is going to be my lawyer before the court of God. You know what he's going to do? He's going to say, I paid for this man's sin with my own blood on Calvary's cross. And that's going to... It's going to excuse me. I mean, that that's pretty good politicking, don't you think? You get tried by the judge and have the, his son as your lawyer. Well, that's exactly what happens in the case of sinners who come to God through Jesus Christ and call upon Him to save them from their sins. When we stand before God, we stand before God in the presence of the Lord, in the in the pleas of, of, of God's Son, Jesus Christ, who says, because I've died for Him, uh, He is my Lord. Amen for that. Now this woman had to learn that uh, God uh, is not limited. And so God can supply and has supplied all of our needs. And we can, have, we can have forgiveness, we can have heaven as our home, we can have God as our Father, we can have Jesus as our Savior, we can have the promise of eternal life and this marvelous hope that we have in Him saying, Jesus Christ has washed all of my sins away. Wow. Now I came to church one time and I had a heavy load of sin in my life. And I had, uh, I had tried religion. I had joined a church and I got baptized. But I'd really never made it a commitment of my life to Jesus Christ. And I, I was trying to be mama's good boy. But you know, I had done so many bad works that I could not rely upon my good works to get me to heaven. And that's true of all of us. But I came by faith to a God that's not limited in helping and forgiving and washing away all of my sins. And I found in Jesus Christ everything I needed to wash all of my sins away. And you know what? I claimed him as my Savior that night on my knees. You know... uh, we, we just have to know that God is not limited what he can do. And that uh, little is much when God is in it. And that, uh, and that the good things of a good God is able to supply all of our needs. 
And that, uh, I, I mean, God is aware of everything that happened. One guy said, has it ever occurred to you that nothing just occurs to God? He knows everything. Because he's a good God, and he loves us, and he wants to save us. Let's bow our heads in prayer tonight. While our heads are bowed and eyes are closed here tonight, I'd like to ask you a few questions if I could. How many of you here tonight have taken Christ as your personal Savior and you know your sins are washed away? Would you slip up your hand as a testimony tonight of that faith? Amen. Thank you very much. How many here tonight would say, Preacher, I want you again to pray for some loved ones that's on my heart that they would get saved. Would you slip up your hands tonight? Amen. Yes, okay. I wonder how many here tonight would say, Preacher, I'm struggling with a problem in my life. I'm struggling with some doubt or I'm struggling with some temptation. You know, the devil loves to tempt us and the devil loves to do things against us to try to get us away from God. And uh, he's a master of temptation. Maybe in your life there's some sins that you just need to get rid of. And you'd say, Preacher, I I need your prayers tonight because of some temptations in my life. Would you slip up your hand? How many? Oh, that's a lot of hands. God bless you. How many here tonight would say, Preacher, I'm battling uh, uh, something in my life. It could be it could be abuse. Maybe someone's abusing you. It could be, it could be a problem with your health. You're battling a health problem, or maybe you're battling, maybe you're battling a, a something tonight of of depression. A lot of depression in people's minds today. Or maybe you're battling, maybe you're battling. You need to overcome some habits. You need to overcome in your life. You'd say, Preacher, pray for me tonight. Would you slip up your hand? All right, let me give you good news. Thank you. God bless you, and I'm going to pray for you. I'm telling you right now, God is able. God is able to to do for you everything. I mean, in your life, the oil will not diminish. That is to say, the oil of God's supply, the good things that God wants to do for you in your life, and the supply of God in your soul, there's no limit to that. Because God is without limitations. Would you come to the right source tonight? Would you come to the Lord who's able to supply and let Him have His will and way in your life? I wonder how many here tonight say, Preacher, I have never trusted Christ as my Savior. I've never given my heart to Him. I've never been born again. But I'd like to be someday. I'd like for you to pray for me tonight. Would you slip up your hand? Is there someone like that? Pray for me tonight. Okay, let's stand with our heads bowed and eyes closed here tonight. I wonder if we would do it tonight like we...